wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire, Whiskey, and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which is rated explicit for language and adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Debt of Time. Alright, Kat, what's happened so far? Um, Hermione wanted to break and enter into the Ministry of Magic, so... Okay, we already did that part. Yeah, so they did. Sirius is back. And then Sirius is back, and people are all like, what the heck, man? And, um, then one of the twins got his ear cut off, and then, um, yeah... I just listened to this this morning. I should know this, but whatever. You do realize that there's another episode between what you just listened to and what we're about to record, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I forgot that. It's okay. Um, So do you remember uh, Sirius and Harry had their reunion? Yes. Yes. And then what happened after that? Um, Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Oh, there was a wedding. There was a wedding. Um, Who's wedding? Isn't it um, Fleur and what's-his-face? Bill. Yes. And what happened in the middle of the wedding? Oh, the thing that happened in the movie where the ministry, like, uh, the guy, he died, and then the Death Eaters came. Yes. So, what happened to our wonderful trio plus Sirius? They, um, what, what's it called? Apparated? Yep. Somewhere. Grim old place. Sirius Black's childhood home. Oh, yeah, that's the one with the, um, the tree wallpaper of his family. Yeah, got it. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And then the last thing that happened at the end of the chapter was, um, Sirius and Harry are kind of like hanging out in Sirius's room. Um, it's clear that Snape went through there. Sirius gives Harry a photo of his parents. Um, and then as they're about to walk downstairs, one of the trio notices RAB on the plaque on Sirius's brother's door for Regulus Arcturus Black, who was Sirius's little brother who joined the Death Eaters. And um, they tell Sirius that obviously Regulus tried to defect because he, you know, took the locket and replaced it with a fake one with the note that said, by the time you read this, I'll probably be dead, but I hope my actions help bring your death about faster. Uh, so now they're looking for the real locket. And Sirius is not super thrilled at the idea that... He, he doesn't believe that his brother was a turncoat and turned to the light. So... um he tells Hermione that his mom had essentially just sent him a letter saying, hey, your brother and your dad are dead. Sucks to suck. Bye, nerd. And then Sirius got super drunk with his at-the-time girlfriend while she made up wonderful fairy tales about how his family was actually good people. 
Okay. Yeah. So, now let's uh, head into Chapter 6. No Repeating History. August 2nd, 1997. Sirius had shied away from Regulus's room at all costs, insisting that he would help by looking downstairs for the locket. In reality, he went in search of a hidden bottle of fire whiskey and Remus's old stash of chocolate bars, located in a locked tin box beneath the kitchen sink instead of a cauldron labeled, Broken, Possibly Cursed, Don't Touch. <laughs> oh, you know you would do that. So then you touch it anyway, oh my god. It's not actually cursed. He just wanted to hide his chocolate. Oh, okay. So it's like one of those like keep out signs, but it's really just to, okay. It's like the parents who hide their candy in the freezer inside of the Brussels sprouts bag. Oh, okay. Idiot, Sirius had muttered to the absent airwolf, or werewolf, <laughs> airwolf. <laughs> those are wolves that fly, kids. <laughs> Reaching inside for the wrapped sweets in triumph. After several hours of avoiding the upstairs bedrooms, and once the alcohol had been consumed, with chocolate bars in hand, Sirius made his way to join the cause, stopping on the landing nearest Regulus's room. Did you find the locket yet? Not yet, but I have an idea, Harry said, closing the door behind him, just as Hermione and Ron each appeared out of their old rooms. Harry moved past Sirius with a determined look, descending the stairs two at a time. Creature nicked loads of things from us. He had a whole stash of stuff in his cupboard in the kitchen. Come on. Do you remember that from uh, Order of the Phoenix? I can't remember if they showed that in the movies. I don't think they did. Yeah, so while they were cleaning out uh, Grimmauld Place, Creature was nicking things that they were trying to throw away, like family heirlooms, and hiding them in his little hovel. Yeah, that wasn't a thing. Oh, that also means then, of course, that the books glossed over the fact that one of the things they found while shifting through all of sifting through all of the family heirlooms was a locket. Okay, then. Yeah, no, they literally mentioned the Horcrux in book five, but you know, whatever. Fuck the movies. <laughs> uh. They made so much noise that they woke Walburga's portrait as they passed through the hall. Filth! Mudbloods! Scum! Sirius flicked his wand at his mother's likeness, shutting the curtains, uttering a stream of profanity quietly under his breath, and then closed the kitchen door behind himself. Harry ran the length of the room, skidding to a halt at the door to Creature's cupboard and wrenched it open. Kneeling down beside him, Sirius glanced inside the filthy cupboard. There was a nest of dirty old blankets the house elf had once slept in, but there were no longer glittering they were no longer glittering with the trinkets creature had gleaned. The only thing of worth left behind was an old copy of Nature's Nobility, a Wizarding Genealogy. Damn! Harry exclaimed and pulled out the old book. Nothing here but this old book and a bunch of rubbish. He sighed as he handed over the volume to Sirius, who dusted off the cover. What is it? Hermione asked, as Harry and Ron continued to dig through Creature's cupboard. Old book on pure-blood genealogy, Sirius answered, running his finger along the spine. My brother and I had to have the thing memorized before we entered Hogwarts. Make sure we didn't mingle with impure blood. He rolled his eyes and opened the book, flipping the page in disgust as he stood and walked around this room. 
It's magically updated, so when a new child is born or someone dies, the parchment changes. A lot like the tapestry upstairs. You think my family's in there? Harry wondered aloud, just as Sirius landed on the page where fine ink script was written across the top. Potter. Sirius glanced over the page anxiously, running his thumb over the names he recognized so well. One in particular stood out, and he touched the name affectionately with one finger before reaching up and tugging the silver chain around his neck. Sirius, do you think my family's in that book? Harry asked again. Sirius looked up from the pages and let go of the chain. Sorry, got lost for a bit. He cleared his throat and met Harry's gaze over the top of the book while, uh, oh, sorry, while his wand, which was screened by the large pages, touched the parchment. Using a non-verbal vanishing spell, the Potter page disappeared from the book altogether. Potters used to be in the book, he explained, but when I ran off, my mother tore the page out, probably burnt it. He shrugged his shoulders and looked away, not enjoying the fact he needed to lie to his godson. Why? I'll let you ponder that. Ron sighed. There's nothing else in here, Harry. Just a few dead rats. It's not over yet, Harry said, and he raised his voice and called, Creature! Nothing happened. Why is he calling for Creature? I don't know, because he's stealing stuff. <laughs> oh, because Creature was around back then and he should know more then. Or tell him the truth because Creature gives no Fs. I don't know. So, Harry technically became Creature's master upon Sirius's death. Because Harry was Sirius's heir in his will. So, technically, Creature should have answered him. However, because Sirius is now back from the dead, his will is now negated, which means Creature only answers to the Black family line. Okay, then. Why isn't he coming? Hermione inquired. Maybe he finally died, Sirius muttered under his breath as he closed the large book, handing it over to Hermione. Suddenly... His own words reached his head, and he grinned at the idea of the old traitorous elf dead somewhere. Too bad he didn't leave a cake behind that we could celebrate with. Hermione glared at him. Serious! He groaned. Not this again. He thought he was done dealing with her elf rights bullshit. Wait, what if you being alive makes your will invalid? What if he knows? Harry asked, crawling back out of the cupboard and dusting off his trousers. Oops, sorry, didn't mean to ruin that. I forgot that line was coming up. My bad. Sirius raised a brow. You mean I'm still still in charge of the little monster? Call him and see, Harry suggested. Bloody hell, Sirius sighed. Creature! There was a loud crack, and the house elf that Sirius had so hoped would not appear did, popping out of nowhere in front of the cold and empty fireplace. Tiny, half-human-sized, his pale skin hanging off him in folds, and with white hair sprouting copiously from his bat-like ears. Are you ready, Kat? For your incredibly annoying voice? Okay. Master has returned. Creature croaked in his bullfrog voice, peering up at Sirius with a look of disdain. 
oh, my poor mistress will be so disappointed to know that the ungrateful swine lives to bring further ruin to the noble and most ancient house of black. Oh, my poor mistress will be so disappointed with creature for failing to get rid of the blemish on her great and noble house. You did just fine, you little piece of shit. Sirius reacted immediately and kicked the rotten little monster, punting him forward a good three feet. Jesus. (laughs) Is that a football? (laughs) Quick pause. There was a Tumblr thing a while back, and somebody said that as a kid, they only knew punting as, like, kicking something. (laughs) So in Order of the Phoenix... Uh, again, I don't think they show this in the movie, but in the book, uh, Fred and George created a portable swamp and it covered an entire hallway. And so the only way to get back and forth was filch on a raft. And when you use a stick to push a raft forward by touching the bottom, it's called punting. And so it in the book, it said that Filch punted the children across the swamp and somebody who didn't know that punting meant pushing a raft thought that Filch was kicking the kids over the swamp. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it's actually true because, like, I have learned that apparently a lot of the language in that book, it's like, that doesn't mean the same thing in America that it means over there, apparently. Like, apparently in the books, and I'm saying apparently a lot, I feel like that little red-haired kid. Anyways, uh, I just almost said it again. It's like teenagers and the word like. Okay, so she writes that Harry groped a lot and it, that I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Well, if it makes you feel any better, we did get, I don't want to call it a British correspondent because I don't want to steal the powder list thing. We will, maybe she'll come up with her own name. I'm not sure. But we do have somebody who is from Leeds towards the north of England. And her name is Katie. And she will be helping us with British terminology and British slang and British pronunciation. Cool. Thanks, Katie. She found us on Twitter. Yay. Yay. All right. So anyway, he punted Creature and kicked him three feet. (sighs) I want somebody to draw that. Anyway, serious, Hermione shrieked. He forced himself to look ashamed as he recalled how the diminutive witch used to reprimand him for his mistreatment of Creature. He has a point, Hermione, Ron noted, clearly no love lost between himself and the elf. Creature's the reason Sirius died. Do you know why that is? I was just about to ask why that is, but apparently you're not going to tell me, are you? So, Order of the Phoenix, I know this part happened in the movies. They break into the headmaster's office, which now belongs, or not the headmaster's office, don't Dolores Umbridge's office because she's the only one with a flu connection and this is when Harry has had the vision that Sirius is tied up in the Department of Mysteries Um, he calls Grimmauld Place to try and talk to Sirius to see if it's real or if it's something that Voldemort had planted well 
Because Creature responds to the House of Black, Bellatrix Lestrange was able to tell Creature what the plan was and said, if, you know, Harry calls to see if Sirius is here, lie and say that Sirius isn't. And so they called. Creature was waiting at the fireplace. Creature said, he's not here, when in fact he was, which is why Harry believed the vision of Sirius in the Department of Mysteries was in fact true, and that's why he... Uh, Hermione, Ron, Ginny, Neville, and Luna all flew out to uh, the Ministry of Magic and went on the hunt for Sirius, which turns out Sirius wasn't actually there, and that's why Sirius eventually died. Okay, then. That, that's a lot of information. Dun, dun, dun! I tried to spit it out quickly so we didn't get too off track. Yeah, like, that's avoidable. All right. So creature has been punted. Creature's the reason Sirius is dead. Um, I know that Hermione snapped at him. Sirius narrowed his gray eyes at her. Then maybe show a little less consideration for that thing. Out both of you. Hermione pointed at Sirius and Ron. Harry and I will deal with creature. She looked incredibly upset and not just because of how the elf had been treated. Sirius opened his mouth to protest, but she stepped into his personal space and narrowed her eyes at him stubbornly. As far as I am concerned, Creature is a product of his environment. You treated Creature poorly, so Creature turned on you. You're both to blame. Right now, I'm having a hard time dealing with either of you when there are more important things to be concerned about. Clenching his teeth angrily, he mentally reminded himself that she might not always feel that way. He turned his anger on Creature, glaring down at him with pure hatred. You, stay in this room and answer every one of their questions. Got it? You are not allowed to leave this fucking room unless they tell you to. Whatever Master says, Creature bowed low before him. Creature lives to serve the noble House of Black. Sirius spent a moment trying actively to avoid kicking the elf again, keeping his eyes fixed on Hermione's firm stance, using her to ground himself before storming out of the kitchen. Ron followed quickly behind him. Hermione sighed in relief as the door closed. Harry immediately began interrogating the elf. Two years ago, there was a big gold locket in the drawing room upstairs. We threw it out. Did you steal it back? There was a brief silence during which Creature straightened up to look Harry full in the face. Yes. Where is it now? came Harry's jubilant query, while Hermione looked on, gleeful. Creature closed his eyes as though he could not bear to see their reactions to his next word. Gone. Gone? echoed Harry, deflated. What do you mean it's gone? The elf shivered and swayed. Creature, said Harry fiercely, I order you, Mundungus Fletcher, the elf croaked, his eyes still tight shut. Mundungus Fletcher stole it all, Miss Bella and Miss Sissy's pictures, my mistress's gloves, the order of Merlin, the goblets with the family crest, and, and, Creature gulped for air, his hollow chest rising and falling rapidly, and then his eyes flew open and he uttered a blood-curdling scream. And the locket, Master Regulus's locket. Creature did wrong. Creature failed in his orders. 
as Creature lunged for the poker standing in the grate, Harry launched himself at the elf, flattening him. Hermione's scream mingled with Creature's, and Harry bellowed louder than both of them. Creature, I order you to stay still. But Creature continued. Harry, make him stop, Hermione cried as she watched the old elf continue to try and punish himself despite Harry's attempts to prevent him. I'm trying, Harry shouted. Hermione shrieked. Creature, stop! Creature stopped. What the hell? Harry's jaw dropped in shock. Hermione knelt beside the elf, worried that he had done permanent damage. Creature, are you all right? Yes, mistress. Creature obeys mistress, Creature said bitterly, narrowing his large eyes at her. Hermione's own eyes widened at the words, and she swallowed hard as the elf continued to speak. Even if mistress is a filthy mudblood brought into the noble house of black by the ungrateful blood traitor. Harry gaped. Wait, Creature, you obey Hermione? Creature lives to serve the noble house of black. Harry, go tell Sirius that Mundungus took the locket, Hermione requested, panic rising in her chest. But, she turned a fierce look on him, Harry, go, I'll deal with Creature, please. Confused yet? Yeah, because he just said that he serves the noble house of Black and Hermione is not in that house, but apparently in this she might be, so that's just like cray cray. Do you have any theories? Um, I have a Toy Story theory about where Andy's dad is, but not about this. But that's another podcast. <laughs> Alrighty then. Her best friend nodded, eyeing Creature once again before walking out the door. Hermione promptly turned her attention back to the elf in front of her. Creature, why did you call me mistress? Why did you obey me? He glared at her, shaking his head. Creature can see the bond with his own eyes. Creature sees the mudblood mistress is tied to his blood traitor master. Oh, my poor mistress, he wailed. To see what's become of her beloved house, mistress would never forgive Creature. You see the bond? You see the bond between Sirius and me, she asked him. That doesn't make any sense, Creature. Sirius and I are not married. I am not your mistress. Creature sees the magic. He looked at her as though examining her for something. Clearly disgusted by whatever it was he saw, Creature grimaced and he looked away. Marriage makes no difference. Magic was used to make the bond. The mistress has tied herself to the noble house of black with her filthy blood. Wait, what? Do you remember when Sirius was first pulled from the veil and Remus looked at Hermione and he said something? Yeah. He asked, Hermione, did you just marry Sirius? Because that looked like the bond that Tonks and I had at our wedding. Okay. So, didn't get married. But she used the life debt ritual. Life debt ritual is you tie somebody to you. Are you scooping what I'm pooping? Yeah. Okay. That's a great phrase, isn't it? Um. Sure, why not? Fight me. 
Hermione swallowed again, her heart racing. Creature, you will speak of this to no one. Do you understand me? She looked down at the elf, feeling wretched for giving him orders and watching as he bowed before her. Creature lives to serve the noble house of Black. Creature, did you see Mundungus steal the locket? She asked, getting him back on topic. Creature saw him, the elf gasped, tears pouring over his snout. Creature saw him coming out of Creature's cupboard with his hands full of Creature's treasures. Creature told the sneak thief to stop. But Mundungus Fletcher laughed and ran. You called the locket Master Regulus's. Why? Where did it come from? And what did Regulus have to do with it? Creature, sit up and tell me everything you know about that locket and everything Regulus had to do with it. All right, going to take a quick chapter break. How you feeling? I am confused a little bit. I am intrigued and... I know that this is fan fiction, so I know that a lot of this is her imagination, but I'm kind of having trouble figuring out what is and what isn't. So that's really good. You mean what is and what isn't fanon? Yes. Or canon? Yes. Yeah, right? Okay, can we just take a comment or take a moment? How well written is this? Oh, God, it's so good. Like, I'm jealous. Like, I cannot write this good. Yeah. Unfreaking believable. Anyway, the wizards all sat in the upstairs drawing room, waiting for Hermione. When Harry entered, Sirius raised a questioning brow at his godson, who shook his head, looking confused, and muttered something under his breath about Hermione and her bloody elves. Sirius could tell that Harry was hiding something, but as he himself had vanished an entire family tree out of an ancient book just to keep it away from prying eyes, he did not feel like he had a leg to stand on in probing for Harry's secrets. Shortly after, Hermione entered the room, looking pale. "'What's happened?' Harry asked quickly. Hermione's gaze fell on Sirius. "'What'd the elf say?' he asked. "'Valde... Don't say it!' Ron shouted, and the rest of them rolled their eyes. "'You-know-who?' asked Regulus to borrow Creature years ago. He took him to the cave where he was keeping the locket. He made Creature drink the potion that Dumbledore took.' She glanced back at Harry. You know who used Creature to put the security measures around the locket. Then he left him there to die, but Regulus had ordered Creature to always return to him, so he did. She moved to the sofa and sat down next to Sirius, reaching for his hand. Creature told Regulus what he'd done, and Regulus figured out you know who had made at least one Horcrux. He had Creature take him back to the cave to retrieve it. He drank the potion himself and switched the locket, gave the Horcrux to Creature, and told him to destroy it. Regulus drank the potion? Harry asked quietly, and Hermione nodded. The Inferi. Do you know what Inferi are? Uh, no. Do you remember the zombies in the lake? What zombies? When Harry goes to the cave with Dumbledore and Dumbledore has to drink that potion that makes him, like, super loopy and see bad things and, like, cry. And then Harry goes to try and give him water and he can't cast it, so he has to go scoop it out of the lake. And when he goes to scoop it, a bunch of, like, white bodies start grabbing at him. I remember everything but the white bodies. Okay. Yeah, so there's, uh, they're, they're called Infuri. 
in Harry Potter, but they're essentially zombies. They're reanimated corpses, and you can use them as soldiers. Super illegal, shocking. You know, Voldemort did it. But um, the whole idea behind the protection against the locket was that, one, you'd have to drink this horrible, awful potion that makes you see all of your worst enemies, or enemies, memories, same thing. Um, and then you won't be able to cast any water to rinse it out of your mouth. So you'd have to go to the lake to get the water. And when you go to the lake, then the inferior drag you under and you die. Well, that's, um, I don't know what the word is, but it's something. Voldemort was a bad dude. Like a legitimate bad dude. You think? Sirius saw Hermione nod just before turning his focus down at both of her hands wrapped around one of his. Her words ran over and over in his mind, and he turned his attention to his other hand, holding a glass of fire whiskey. Creature said he went beneath the water. He could hear the tremble in her voice, and a part of him hated the pity he felt coming off of her. The rest of him wanted to bathe in her comfort. Okay, also, I know I mentioned a couple episodes that it's like kind of weird that Sirius seems to be flirting with Hermione, but in this chapter, I feel like it sort of explains it. They have a bond. She pulled him back. Now they're connected. They're damn near family, but like not sibling-like, more like romantically. So it just makes sense. They literally have a magical pull towards each other. So it's not squeaky. It's magic. It's not squeaky. Squeaky. What's that? I don't know. I made it up. (laughs) It's like a mix between squeamish and icky. Fight me. (sighs) Okay. The rest of him wanted to bathe in her comfort. She pulled one hand away, and he looked up to see her wiping away stray tears from eyes that were now focused exclusively on him. Unwilling to speak about his brother's death or potential redemption, Sirius avoided the subject of Regulus entirely, breaking the silence with, So? Where is it now? Um, Hermione stammered for a moment. She looked like she wanted to push him until he disclosed the history between his brother and himself. He gave an expression that told her not to force the issue right now. Creature said Mundungus took it. I sent Creature off to find him for us. How do we know he'll do it? Ron asked. What if he vanishes and betrays us? He already betrayed Sirius once. I was very specific with his orders, Hermione replied. Ron raised a brow. And he'll obey you? Of course, Hermione affirmed, receiving curious looks from each of the men. Sirius told him to, and he cannot ignore his master's orders. The house elf's highest law is his master's bidding. Ron dipped his head in acceptance, but both Harry and Sirius stared at her suspiciously. Here, Hermione handed the fake locket back to Harry. Keep this safe. I told Creature he could have it when he gets back. It made him very happy took me a bit to get him to stop crying, actually. Sirius gawked at her. You gave the elf a present? I'm putting an end to the cycle, she affirmed. Harry's going to defeat you-know-who, we're going to win this war, and when that happens, I'm done watching Muggleborns, goblins, werewolves, and house elves being put under the heel of someone else. It doesn't mean I like him. The distaste in her voice was shocking, and she must have read the surprise on Sirius's face because she frowned at him. He betrayed you, and you ended up dead because of it. But you're not dead, so I'm looking to the future, and I'm ending the cycle of hatred. I expect all three of you to be nice to that rotten elf when he gets back. 
she stood up and fled the room in a huff, storming up the stairs. A moment later, the sound of a slamming door echoed through the house. "'Just keep Creature away from me when he gets back,' Sirius groused. "'If you want, I'll give him back to you, Harry.' "'We'll eventually need to leave Grimmauld Place,' Harry replied, shaking his head. "'We'll tell him that if we don't return at any point, he should go back to Hogwarts. "'At least he won't cause trouble there.' August 4th, 1997. They waited days for Creature to return, growing more and more anxious by the minute. Harry and Sirius practiced dueling in the cellar, which had been emptied of everything except for a large old iron cage that Remus had used to secure himself during the full moon, before Grimmauld Place had been compromised. Meanwhile, Ron and Hermione usually kept to the drawing room, Hermione reading a book of stories that Dumbledore had given her and Ron playing with his deluminator. Making their way up the stairs from the cellar, Sirius could feel the tension in the room as he watched Hermione's eyes narrow in on Ron while he clicked the little instrument in his hands and watched as the lights went in and out of nearby lamps. Before she had a chance to completely snap and attack him, Sirius snatched the deluminator out of Ron's hands. Hey! Ron glared. You'll get this back when you learn to do something else with your boredom. You've got a hand fixation? Go smoke, Sirius suggested, tossing his pack of cigarettes to Ron. Ron blinked at the small package, but before he made another move, his gaze switched to Hermione, who looked absolutely murderous. Don't. You. Dare. Ron flinched. Harry averted his eyes. Sirius grinned at her. I I think I'll pass, mate. Ron said, handing the cigarettes back to Sirius, taking a step out of the room, likely trying to avoid the potential blast radius. Hermione turned her narrowed glare on Sirius, who was not only willing, but also eager to face whatever wrath she had in store for him. I like how it's like, he's almost excited for him to get mad. Who? Sirius. Because it literally says, um... Uh, where is it? Um, Sirius w- was not only willing, but also eager to face whatever wrath she had in store. Yeah, it's kind of like how some guys like to make us mad because they think we're cute when we're mad. And it's like, it's not funny. Yeah, kitty got claws. Yeah. Before either could say a word, however... The security curses shot off in the front hallway and everyone banded together in the drawing room, pulling their wands. Hold your fire! It's me, Remus. Oh, thank goodness, said Hermione weakly, pointing her wand at Sirius's mother instead. With a bang, the curtain swished shut and silence fell. Ron, too, lowered his wand, but Harry and Sirius did not. Remus moved forward into the lamplight, hands still held high in the gesture of surrender. I am Remus John Lupin. Werewolf, sometimes known as Mooney, one of the four creators of the Marauder's Map. I am married to Nymphadora, usually known as Tonks, and I taught you how to produce a Patronus, Harry, that takes the form of a stag. Oh, all right, Harry lowered his wand. But I had to be sure, didn't I? Remus appeared to relax. What the hell? Sirius asked, continue to hold his wand up, daring his friend to make a move. What about my security measures, Mooney? Really? Remus scowled at him. Fine. During my 16th birthday party, you, Sirius Black, during a game of Veritaserum or Dare, publicly admitted to kissing. Fine! Fine! Sirius shouted, holding his wand up in surrender. 
Take a guess. Who was Sirius's first kiss? Harry's mom. No. But you do find out later in this story. Also, Veritas Serum or Dare is essentially truth or dare, except you have truth serum in you, so you can't lie. Yeah, I kind of figured that out. That just sounds fun or dangerous. Well, is that kind of like how they say the drunk mind speaks sober thoughts or whatever the heck it is, which I don't think is always true, but anyway. Yeah, no, I've said a lot of things while drunk that were not true, but anyway. You have to say the F word. Fine, fine, Sirius shouted, holding his wand up in surrender. Fucker, he growled as Remus, looking triumphant, stepped into the room and embraced his friend. Moving to Harry's side, he clapped the boy on the shoulder. Speaking as your former Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, I quite agree that you had to check, Harry. Ron, Hermione, you shouldn't be so quick to lower your defenses. What about me? Sirius wondered. You gave in under the pressure of public humiliation, Remus shook his head. Frankly, I'm embarrassed for you, Pads, and I hope you never end up being questioned under torture. The mere mention of your teen years will have you pouring out order secrets to anyone who asks. He chuckled, and Sirius rolled his eyes, leading him into the house. No sign of Snape, then? No, Harry said. What's going on? Is everyone all right? Yes, Remus replied, but we're all being watched. Let's go downstairs. There's loads to tell you, and I want to know what happened to you after you lot left the burrow. They descended to the large dining room, where Hermione pointed her wand at the grate in the corner. A fire sprang up instantly, giving the illusion of coziness to the stark walls. Light from the flames reflected off the long wooden table. Remus pulled a few bottles of butterbeer from beneath his traveling cloak, and they sat down. Sirius looked at him expectantly. Butterbeer or nothing? Sirius took the small bottle, but grumbled about it. I'd have been here sooner, but I needed to shake off the Death Eater tailing me, Remus said. So, you came straight here after the wedding? Yes, Hermione confirmed. Since all four of us couldn't side along uh, together without serious risk of splinching, this was the only semi-safe place that we could think of on such short notice. Tell us what happened after we left. We haven't heard a thing since Ron's dad told us the family was safe, Harry begged. Well... Kingsley saved us, Remus said. Thanks to his warning, most of the wedding guests were able to disapparate before Death Eaters arrived. Were they actual Death Eaters or ministry people? Hermione interjected. A mixture, but for all intents and purposes, they're all the same thing now, Remus answered. There are about a dozen of them, but they didn't know that you were there, Harry. Arthur heard a rumor that they tried to torture your whereabouts out of Scrimgeour before they killed him. If it's true, he didn't give you away. That's surprising, Harry admitted. The Death Eaters searched the burrow from top to bottom, Remus went on, and then they interrogated those of us who remained for hours. They were trying to get information on you, Harry. Of course, no one apart from the Order knew that you had been there. When that didn't work, they began asking about Sirius, though no one outside the Order has seen you since you've returned, at least not until the wedding. Rumors had reached their ears. Do you remember why no one but the Order knew that Harry was at the wedding? What they did to hide him? Wasn't that the thing where they all drank Apologies potion and they all turned into him? Uh, right potion, wrong scene. So at the wedding, they didn't do this in the movies just because it was hard to, it would have been hard to do. In the books and in Dead of Time, they gave him Apologies potion of a red-headed boy from the village so that he would look like a Weasley. Huh. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did they ask about me? Sirius inquired, sipping his butterbeer. Mostly, if any of us knew you were really back, and if so, how it was possible. Remus sighed and looked to Hermione. They were just trying to rile me up, I could tell. Didn't work, though, he said with a smile. Course not, Sirius grinned. Takes more than an interrogation to break you, Mooney. Others, Remus smiled, faded. They burnt down Daedalus Diggle's house, and they used the... They burnt down a man's house. Stop laughing Diggle. at his name. I'm going to start calling you Diggles. Do you have the Diggle giggles? Ah. Sounds like a <laughs> dance. Diggle giggles. It's like the monster mash. <laughs> All right. They burnt down Daedalus Diggle's house, and they used the Cruciatus curse on Tonks' parents. What? Sirius jumped up and kicked his chair over, sending it skidding across the room where it splintered against the wall. They hurt Dromeda? Who's Dromeda and how is she connected to Sirius? Okay, I can't believe you're asking me that because isn't they just said that they hurt Tonks' parents, so isn't Dromeda her mama? Yes, but how are Andromeda and Sirius connected? I don't know, they siblings or something? We talked about this in a previous episode. Andromeda, Narcissa, and Bellatrix were sisters from the Black family, and they were Sirius's first cousins. Oh, okay. Uh, She's fine. Sorry, my dog's snoring. She's fine, Remus assured him. Shaken, but otherwise okay. I promise. They're my family now, too. Remus stood and grounded Sirius by placing a hand on his shoulder. Tonks is home now, taking care of them both. How could they do that? Hermione gasped. It's illegal! What you've got to realize, Hermione, is that the Death Eaters have the full support of the Ministry on their side now, Remus said. They've got the power to perform brutal spells without fear of identification or arrest. I'm sorry, but she's complaining about that and now that's illegal when I'm sorry, but somebody has done some illegal things herself, I'm assuming. Yes, but she didn't torture people. But still. You gotta remember that, like, the Cruciatus Curse is supposed to be the most painful thing a human can experience. It's literally pain in the form of magic it feels like there's a bajillion needles poking into your body that are white hot and so it's like getting a period it's or childbirth (laughs) (laughs) not that either one of us would know what childbirth is like but we're just assuming from other people's experiences honestly you know i've talked to a couple people who have said kidney stones are actually if they had to choose between having another kidney stone and having another child they would choose the child and i've had a kidney stone And that was excruciating. Okay, well, I've never had that, so I wouldn't know. Pray that you don't. They're awful. But anyway, we digress. What you've got to realize, Hermione, is that the Death Eaters have the full support of the Ministry on their side now, Remus said. They've got the power to perform brutal spells without fear of identification or arrest. They managed to penetrate every defensive spell we've cast against them. Once inside... 
They were completely open about why they'd come. They'd made Harry a fugitive, wanted for questioning over Dumbledore's death, and Hermione? They've begun a Muggle-born registration department. All Muggle-borns have to register. It's a cover for bringing them in and accusing them of stealing magic. That's ridiculous. You can't steal magic, Hermione objected. Ron began pacing, nervously chewing on the inside of his cheek. People won't let this happen. It is happening, Ron, Remus said, his attention on the younger three, pointedly ignoring Sirius. Muggle-borns are being rounded up as we speak. It doesn't matter. You're all on a mission, and I imagine what you need to do involves keeping under the radar regardless. As he continued to speak, Sirius turned his attention to his friend. Something was off. He sniffed the air once and narrowed his eyes at Remus. Standing up, Sirius kicked the leg of Remus's chair lightly. Come have a chat with me, Mooney. I'm fine here, Padfoot. Now, Remus. After hesitating just a moment, Remus stood and made his way through the door. Sirius slammed it shut behind them. He could hear it when Ron asked, What the bloody hell was that about? What's going on? Sirius demanded of Remus point blank. I don't know what you mean, Remus denied quickly, but firmly. Don't fuck around, Remus, Sirius shouted, lifting his wand threateningly. Why do you smell like fear and shame? What have you done? I know you didn't tell the Ministry anything about me or Harry, so what is it? I, 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 I want to come with you, Remus pleaded. I want to help. Sirius eyed him. That shouldn't make you shameful. What does my cousin think about you joining this little band of misfits? She's with her parents. That's not what I asked, Sirius growled. What are you hiding? His shoulders sagged, and he looked down as he whispered, She's pregnant. She's... Sirius lowered his wand at the unexpected announcement. He remembered the moment that Lily had told them she was expecting. It had been one of the happiest moments of all of their lives, an announcement that helped push them past a great deal of grief and sorrow. Yet, this moment was tense, and Remus looked so... guilty. Sirius wanted to celebrate with his friend, congratulate him, but he promptly figured out why the werewolf was in no celebratory mood. Eyes wide, he slapped Remus hard over the head. You dickhead! Ow! What the hell? You're leaving her? You stupid fuck! Sirius shot red sparks out of his wand at the floor, nearly setting Remus's cloak on fire. She'll be safer without me, Remus yelled back. I can do better being with you, helping Harry. It's what James would have wanted. Suddenly, Sirius's wand shot back as his blood boiled beneath his skin. The look on Remus's face said he knew exactly how poorly his words had been chosen. You want to tell me again what you think James would have wanted? You are not Harry's godfather. I am. I am here to protect him, not you. I don't have a family. You do. Now get your arse out of this house and go home to them. That's what James would have wanted. Don't you see what I've done? Remus's normally pale face briefly reddened in anger. I made her an outcast. Bellatrix tried killing her because of me. And now she's... And now my child... What if it's... What have I done? You still think you're going to pass it on to your kid? Sirius asked him incredulously, desperately wanting to hit him again. How thick are you? You've been told for years that that can't happen. Remus shook his head. You don't know that. 
It's in the saliva, stupid. Mia told you that every year, and even then it's only in a bite when you're fully turned. Sirius lowered his wand and ran frustrated fingers through his hair. Merlin, you know all of this, Remus. You know what he's concerned about, right? Yes, that he's going to pass down him turning into the werewolf or whatever into his kids. Ow. There's no conclusive evidence, Remus muttered quietly. No conclusive... Sirius snarled, threw his wand down, and launched himself forward, sinking a bald fist into the side of Remus's jaw. I just want to take a moment to picture that. That beautiful, beautiful moment where this guy literally throws... He's a wizard, raised by a wizarding family, and in this moment was so angry that instead of casting Stupefy or Expelliarmus or some other stupid spell that would knock him down, he threw his wand down and leapt at him and punched him. Yeah, and... You were not appreciating this as much as I was hoping you would. Well, I don't know how to appreciate this. Like, I don't really get why you're so like, eh. Moving on. Remus stumbled backwards and turned, hitting Sirius hard on the side of the head. Just as his fist connected, Sirius shifted into padfoot and latched his jaws onto Remus's arm tight, forearm tightly, growling loudly as Remus continued to shout and growl back. What in Merlin's name? Hermione screamed as she burst through the door, Harry and Ron right behind her. Immobilis! Both instantly froze. Are you both mad? She snapped and retrieved their wands, Remus's from his hand and Sirius's from the floor. With a flick of her wand, Padfoot fell to the ground, growling. He quickly shifted back into human form and moved to the other side of the kitchen as Hermione unfroze Remus. Now, tell me what happened. Tonks is pregnant, Sirius said hastily. That's wonderful, Hermione brightened, and she moved to hug Remus, but he shrugged her away, guilt plastered on his face. What's wrong? Is Tonks okay? No, she most certainly is not okay, Remus barked. Watch your tone with her mate, Sirius growled, ominously enough that both Harry and Ron stepped away from him, looks of genuine fear in their eyes, as they kept drawn wands moving between the two wizards. What's wrong with Tonks? Harry finally blurted out. The baby could be a werewolf, Remus said out loud for the first time. Sirius rolled his eyes. He's an idiot. Oh, Remus... Hermione approached him carefully, placing a gentle hand on his unwounded arm. Come, sit down. Let me fix that. She gestured to the large bite wound on his other arm, where Sirius had latched on. Remus quietly obeyed, tugging on the leg of a chair with his foot and pulling it out far enough to drop into it. Hermione smiled at his acquiescence and then turned to Ron. Would you go and get my bag? There's a small bottle of Dittany in it. Please bring it here. You sure? Ron asked cautiously, his gaze wavering between Remus and Sirius as though he was preparing for them to start fighting again. Everything will be fine. Please just go, Hermione said. She returned her attention to Remus, bringing a hand to his face and tilting his chin to uh, force him to look at her. He did, but immediately looked away again, blinking aside tears. 
Remus, you're going to be a wonderful father, and your child will not have lycanthropy. It's only transmittable through a bite on the full moon. That's what we've been telling him since Hogwarts, Sirius grumbled irritably. Remus shook his head. There's no proof. Completely fed up with his friend, Sirius scoffed loudly. You want proof? Mooney, if saliva, semen, or blood transferred your furry little problem to others without a full moon, then I'd have a furry little problem of my own. I'm going to say that again so that I get a reaction. If saliva, semen, or blood transferred your furry little problem to others without the full moon, then I'd have a furry little problem of my own. Um... What? Yes, confusion. Confusion is good. Instantly, Harry and Hermione gaped at Sirius. Remus turned his head and looked quizzically at him. Sirius blinked a few times, trying to understand their expressions before explaining, Oh, uh, blood, he clarified, subconsciously scratching at his left shoulder where a scar rested beneath a pattern of tattoos. Fifth year, we did a whole... And then after Hogwarts, it was... He groaned, attempting to describe it, his gaze narrowing at Remus in the process for not helping. He gave an emphatic shake of his head, and Harry swallowed a laugh. It was like a Blood Brothers thing, like muggles do, not with semen. You know, nothing like that. What? There we go. There's the confusion. That's disgusting. People actually (laughs) do... What? Oh, you've never heard of that? Oh, yeah, no, people used to do that all the time. It was like... You would either do a nick on the yeah, palm of your hand the blood, or on your thumb. Yeah, I know the blood, but the other thing, that's, that's, the, <laughs> no. That's another topic of conversation. All right, we're getting off track. Um, and this is running really long. Holy shit. Um, anyway. And I have to pee, so hurry up. <sighs> yeah. See, Hermione smiled, stifling her own burst of laughter as she turned back to Remus, thanking Ron as he re-entered the kitchen with the small bottle of healing extract. You are going home to your wife, she instructed clearly as she placed drops of dittany on the bite wound. And you are going to rub her feet and buy her ice cream and do anything she wants. And you are going to do it with a smile on your face. And get over yourself in the process, Sirius added. Well, that's not how I'd put it, Hermione frowned at Sirius. But yes, get over yourself. You're a good man, a good friend, and a good husband. And you'll be a good father. I agree with Hermione. Harry said, and when Sirius cleared his throat, he added, And Sirius. Sirius watched as Remus said nothing, taking Hermione's hand within his own. His eyes drifted to her shoulder, left partially bare by the dark blue vest she was wearing. The corners of Remus's mouth turned up slightly in a sad little smile at the sight of her blemish-free skin. For several moments, the room was silent while he worked through his conflict internally with nothing but Hermione's hands in the presence of friends for support. Eventually, he stood up to face Sirius and muttered, Sorry. Do me a favor, Mooney, Sirius requested as he approached, placing a hand on the man's shoulders. Stay with Tonks. Hide. Don't fight. I don't care what happens. I don't care if it comes down to the end. You stay with your family. You need to survive this. He glanced briefly at Hermione before returning his attention to his friend, whispering, I need you to survive. I need to survive this, Remus repeated. You have a job to do, Sirius reminded him. So stay with your wife and child. Make yourself the bloody secret keeper and stay in the fucking house. No repeating history. 
Remus nodded firmly, wiping his eyes, er, yeah, wiping his eyes with the back of his hand. <sighs> no repeating history. Wow, that's intense. Boom. Mic drop. Wow. Yeah. I don't really have anything to say. Wow. Okay. God, I love when this story makes you speechless and you haven't even gotten to the hard parts yet. Um, okay. So, you know how in This Is Us, it like rips your heart out of your chest and you feel like you're dying and all you want to do is cry? So, Shayalani is sickeningly good at that. Yeah, because that's really what I need right now, but okay. Oh, she's a fucking sadist. She takes, like, she she's... When we do the QA with her at the end of this season, ask her how much joy she gets out of breaking her readers. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like how Brianna got really joy of waxing us and watching us be like, oh, God, why? And again, with the oversharing in this episode of Fire Whisper Okay, I think we've overshared a lot. Like, the last episode, (laughs) we both admitted that we have therapists. Like, come on. Oh, by the way, today is... Again, uh, that was episode before last. And actually, today is a World Mental Health Day, so huh. Yes, okay. Yeah, we will recognize that. It'll be way later by the time this episode airs. But, um, yes, this is that time of year, so... Holidays can be hard, kids. If you're having a hard time, talk to somebody. Both of us are good listeners. Or talk to your friends, or talk to your significant other, or talk to a therapist. I think they're... uh, Actually... Oh, never mind. That's for something different. I was going to say Emma Watson just launched something. But actually, she just launched a call service where women can get free legal advice for workplace harassment or discrimination. Really? Dude, this girl... What a champ. But anyway, I feel like this episode ran really long. I'm sorry, guys. It's looking like we're going to start hitting hour episodes instead of just 45 minutes because I feel like the chapters are longer and I feel like Kat and I are talking more. Yeah. Also, big, heavy pauses. Well, if they can sit in front of a movie screen and watch Endgame for three hours, they can listen to this for one hour. That's fair. Also, And by the way, I still haven't seen that movie, so don't even spoil it for me. I feel like Sorry, I just ended like ca- a Dementor. Yeah, but when it came out, I was feeling some type of way because I was supposed to see it with somebody and I can't. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't even seen The Incredibles 2 yet. Like, there are movies that I refuse to watch unless that person is with me watching it. So I need to either achieve that or get over it. I haven't decided Okay, yet. I will fly down and watch them with you. No. <laughs> All right. Such <laughs> as I'd love to see you. No. Purple. Thanks for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. And a special thank you to Shayalani for allowing us to read your story. And Blue Ivy Creations for creating our awesome logo. We would also like to welcome Hannah Beth once again, our lovely editor to the team. And I am welcoming her again because last time I screwed up her name. Sorry, Hannah Beth. Thanks, Hannah Beth. You can find us on Instagram at Fire, Whiskey, and Honey Podcast. No E in whiskey. And on Twitter at fwh podcast 
If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us and get extra content, please support us on Patreon. Patreon is dumb and will not let you search for us, so go to www.patreon.com forward slash honey. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. I'd like to give a big shout out to our Fox level contributors. We've got Carissa Horton, Laura Rivers, Kelsey Malilo, Rin Oliver, Elise Wolfson, Krista Swearingen, Sophie Segator, Amanda Quick, Julian Foles, Martina Tomlinson, Ashley Enstrom, and our newest Fox, one of my favorite people in the whole world, Claire Luciano. She is the one who got me to continue writing my fan fiction and sent me yummy yummy treats from Australia. We love you, Claire. Also, you have the best name. I also need to issue an apology and a correction for two names for our wolf level supporters. I butchered your names and you have now informed me how to fix them. So we'd like to thank Lexi Clayton and Rachel Gohan. Gowan? No, Gowan. Damn it. I'm sorry, Rachel. It's Rachel Gauchen. Because you have to pronounce the H, and she had to send me a voice recording of how to pronounce her last name. And I appreciate you doing that, because I grew up with a terrible last name that was impossible to pronounce. And thank you. Join the club. And by the way, I cannot wait until they start not using their real names like the Potterless people do, so we can say, can't I, Potter? I am lost in because the people that are his patrons, sometimes they don't use their real names. So this one guy named himself Can't I Potter, and then another person said, Yes, I can. And then another person, because in one episode he mentioned something about steamed nuggets, one of his patrons said, My name is Steamed Nuggets. Nice. Well, um, thank you again, everyone. Oh, by the way, see you next Fire Whiskey Friday, people. There we go. She got it. Yeah. <laughs>